Welcome back to Intertwined Minds, a podcast where we give steroids to gorillas to start our own personal army. We're your hosts, Captain. And Skip. So it turns out, Channing Tatum is not only a great and accomplished actor, but a gentle lover. And for an extra tab of ecstasy, he will step up and magic mic all over your face and go White House down on you, but only if you are really, really Logan Lucky. Oh my fuck. Um, I don't even... Okay, first off, the first thing I want to cover... Chan- Channing Tatum wouldn't have been my choice. Uh, okay. Have you seen Magic Mike? I seen both. I, I did. I seen both. And I don't and, I don't know why why you're against this then. Listen, I mean he yes, classically handsome fellow. A lot of people are about it. I you know me, I'm not I'm not a uh Eiffel Tower. I, not where I was going with it either. Um I, I was gonna say I'm not I'm not super into like the classic like boy next door look, you know. Well, hey, you know what? Cock razor for some people, so that's just the way <laughs> she goes. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, I I'm not gonna take any. Plus, if he just started dancing, I could probably get into it. Dude can dance his ass off. Right. That's what I mean. Like, um, what a show! What a show! What a show! <laughs> So the first thing before we get into today's topic, I want to go over with you is yeah. we uh, on our Instagram we had some questions asked to us that I said that we would address in the next episode. So okay. Shoot. question question one: If your first meal of the day is after twelve p.m., is it still breakfast? It depends. What time are you waking up? To me, that doesn't matter. But let's say you well you wait. Let's say you woke up at. Uh, 11.30. Okay. 11.30? Yeah, that's breakfast. Well, but here's it my... is a, also, it's also acceptable at that point to have a beer for breakfast because you're drinking after 10. Case in point. Okay, first off, I don't think the rule of thumb is usually 10. <laughs> <laughs> my my outlook on that question, if, if I, like, let's say I'm up and then I go. I stay up till one, two in the morning. I, if somebody asked me, like, "Oh, what are you doing?" Oh, not much tonight, bye. I would say, like, tonight. So technically, it's yeah. the next morning, but I still say tonight. So I say, "Fuck it up, kings and queens of darkness." If you get up and you eat your first meal after 12, 12 p.m., still breakfast to me. Yeah. Uh, no, I completely agree, but only if you wake up close to it. If, like, for instance, I wake up. Uh, like on a regular basis, I wake up anywhere from four thirty to six o'clock, depending on what shift I'm on or job, whatever. But uh, I I normally don't eat breakfast because, like, just because of how my job is. So I I normally have for what I call, what we call first coffee, and that's where I'll like snack and I'll have I'll have two dinners in a day. So you're saying that if you wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning and then don't eat until after 12, you wouldn't consider that breakfast? No. I think that's bullshit. I would consider that first coffee. No. Second question. Is the Kool-Aid man the glass jug or the liquid inside? Um, hmm. You know what? That's got to be probably the hardest question anyone has ever asked me. I'm going to have to to say the... Not to me. Okay. The glass... The glass is his body, the liquid's his blood. 
Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. I'm going to say he, he is the glass jar himself because you can see it sloshing around in there, but his eyes never move. So yeah. he is the glass jug. Yeah, but if he didn't have the if he didn't have the liquid inside, he wouldn't have life force. He wouldn't function. So it's both. Uh, now I feel bad for drinking any Kool Aid. Yeah, you should. You should feel terrible. You know that's why it's that's why it's red Kool Aid. Ah, uh, that's a good point. Also, best flavor ever: red cherry, delicious. I'm a grape guy. I know you're a grape guy. It's in your blood. Rude, rude. And finally, a two part question. Are all gnomes bearded, even if they're female? And do their babies come out of the womb fully bearded? 100% yes. The only difference between a male and female gnome is that the females grow their beard between their legs. Oh, my And yes, God. every baby comes out bearded. <laughs> I, my outlook on that one, uh, yes, absolutely. Their circus scene is totally saturated with bearded ladies. And uh, just like me, Flies out of the womb, fully bearded, looking for whiskey and beard oil. So I, 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 I don't know what to tell you. I thought Gnome stole pants and underwear. What did I see that on? What? I don't know. There was some show that I watched that a bunch of gnomes were stealing underwear. Oh, it might have been Gnomeo and Juliet. No, it's not Gnomeo and Juliet. I'm not into that bullshit. Well, you can get yeah, fucked twice. I, I will. <laughs> and I'll use the lawn gnome just for shit spite. You're gonna just cut your insides to bits, and then I win. Yeah, but who really loses there, me or the gnome? Oh, that depends. Are they sentient? Okay, that's a big word. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on that topic. Oh, first, I, I want to say thanks, thanks to uh, everybody who sent in a question. I enjoyed them thoroughly. Uh, there was also another question asked, but it was more like a topic suggestion than a question so i think we're going to save that one for an episode all right sounds good um yeah keep writing in keep asking us questions we uh we will answer them at some point we do and we do appreciate it so we really do it, i don't know this brings a lot of joy to me yeah it's I a good time this. it's a good time it's a good time and if uh, we, by the way, another thing that uh, I wanted to throw in real quick, we broke 200 plays a little while ago, and we are super thankful to everybody who has checked out the podcast, taken a listen. You know, even if you hated it, you, you still gave us a play, you know, we, and we appreciate the shit out of that. So uh, thanks to everybody who's listening and, and enjoying the podcast. I know we've got a couple, um, we got a couple listeners who tune in every week, and to you guys, we want to. Shout you out right here on the podcast. You know, thanks for tuning in and rocking with us and enjoying the content. And we're going to try to keep bringing it to you. So, yeah, no, as uh, as uh, Skip was saying, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, even if you guys have more ideas or you guys want to hear some other stuff or I'll switch it up, yeah, just just write in. We we check our email all the time, and we're always down for suggestions. Yeah, absolutely. We we definitely we're definitely open to all and any suggestions and ideas you guys want to throw at us. Except ballet, I refuse ballet. I will do ballet. Very nimble. How are you getting that? How are you getting that tutu on? I'm very nimble, very nimble, and I can do the wop dance. So don't mess with me. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> do you know what the wop dance is or no? Is that that new one that came out by like what I've been hearing a lot of uh, wet ass pussy? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That would be it. 
I did not know there was a dance to that. What is it? You just put a super soaker between your legs and like fire it off? Oh no! What no, is it? no, you gotta get your leg up. You freaking, you freaking, you shake that ass. You know, you get down on the floor, you hump the floor a bit. It's a great time. You should see me do it. It's 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 magical. Guess I'm gonna have to watch this. <laughs> so, last week's not the video. I mean you. <laughs> last week's episode, we talked about uh, bizarre last meal requests of death row inmates, and our uh, initial plan was to, at the end, throw in like a quick little debate about uh, capital punishment, death, the death penalty. And mm. the more and more we went into the episode, and I thought about it before, I thought, I know, because I know the captain's stance on it, and I know my stance, and like, I live in this realm of like moral ambiguity when it comes to that topic. So I thought it'd be a super interesting episode to hear for you guys, uh, me kind of, uh, lead this episode with a bunch of questions, scenarios, uh, statements, um, examples, and kind of try to. No, I don't want to say change your mind on the subject because that's not what this is kind of about. It's it's more of. I was gonna say you're you're gonna have a hard time changing my mind. No, I know how hard that is to do. I, my my in- intentions here is not to change your mind, but I do hope that like going through this, I make some good enough points for you to maybe even just like. Because I know your stance, right? And I just made Listen, it... we, we both know my stance. Yes. Justice must be served. Yes, absolutely. And and we'll get into that. But I kind of wanted to... Even my goal would be to like make you think about it a little more. Um, or it's like anybody listening who has been wondering this or like has their opinion. I just kind of want to... I don't know. I, I thought it'd be interesting. All right. All right. Hey, I'm not going to argue. Well, I, that's a lie. I'm definitely going to argue. Oh, you definitely argue, and that's you know that's kind of the point of this episode. I mean, we, I don't think we've had a real good debate episode, and this is not not particularly a debate. I mean, I wrote this episode myself, and I just wanted to bring it to you fresh. Like you have, you don't have no idea what I've wrote down, no idea what I'm going to say. I, yeah, no, this is completely out of the ordinary what we normally do. I I have no idea what you have in store for me. Yeah. But I feel like I can make some good counterpoints. Oh, absolutely. And I, I encourage you, you know, I don't want you to, I know you won't, but I don't want you to just agree with something I say if that's not what you feel, you know? You know me better than that. Uh, I mean, yes, uh, yeah. So, I want to start the episode off by <clears throat> my first question, to let the people know, I know the answer to this question, but to let the people know, what is your, before we, before I get into anything, and before I say anything else, I want to hear your initial stand on the capital on the death on the death penalty. I believe the death penalty is a necessary thing. For every evil, and I use this word lightly, evil. So that's not including anyone who has like for instance some something done wrong to them. Like let's say a guy goes out and he murders your family. You know what? Capital punishment, that is a perfect scenario for that. He should die. Now, whether that be by your hand or by the government or who else. But I believe there is a thorough point where an eye for an eye. Right. So. And in saying that, now, call call me crazy, which you normally do. (laughs) I believe it shouldn't be by lethal injection. For some, in some circumstance like that, I believe you should definitely go medieval on these fuckers. Like, it's just a little injection and they fall asleep. That's way too easy on them. Uh, <laughs> so 
for everybody listening, that's his stance. It's always been his stance. Like since I've known him, that's been his stance on. Because we've talked about this like briefly before. Never had really an uh, you know a conversation about it, but we've definitely talked about it. So oh, yeah. that's his stance. Now I'm not going to give you my stance because you're going to kind of like as I work through the episode, everybody will understand my stance on the subject and. You know, I'll talk about it through the episode. So that's your initial stance. Another question I want to start off with. If you could give me a simple, well, the simplest answer that you can. What do you believe the point or purpose uh, of prison is? Uh, And as, hold on, is this as in few words that I can think of or just. No, no, no. Just, just like a simple, like you don't have to get like super deep into it, but. Like, what what do you think that the, the the point of prison is? I think there's two points. One, fear. If the public believes that they're going to be going, or, like, if they do something terrible and sent away with all, uh, like, criminals and everything like that, nine times out of ten, a normal person is not going to want to go to jail. They're going to want to stay away from that and not be included in that mass. But I also believe it's for protection of other people. So like the way everyone, like the way a normal person would look at it would be, okay, that's, you know, a bad thing. But the way like our police officers and everything else, like everyone in that area and field look at it is protection. If we group all that mass together and contain them, you know, just kind of corral them and they don't, they're not let out. Then they, uh, the public are safer. But in saying that, there is also it. It's also a little count like it's a little misleading as well because you're grouping innocent, like you know, mild crimes in with big time crimes, and um, and I feel like one of the only things that they should be doing, like a mandatory thing that they should be doing is making all inmates and all that attend school and classes and all that shit while they are in there. So that way, if they are available for for parole and when they do get out, they can actually contribute to society instead of resorting back to their old life and going straight back to jail. Because it's a vicious cycle. Okay, so then that's three points then. Hmm? Yeah. You said said two points. That's three points. So the first point you, you would say was used as a deterrent for crime. Yeah. You know, like, if you do this, you will end up here. You don't want to go here. Yes. Your, uh, your deterrent second, and protection. Your second, the last one I kind of just thought of and added in. Okay, so your second point would have been just to to get the people like that off the streets, like, out of society. Yes, because, like, how would you feel if you lived in this, what you thought was lovely neighborhood, but turns out the whole block, like, 12 houses right across from you, like all up and down the street full of pedophiles. Would you be happy? Would you feel safe? Would I feel safe? And I know you, well, would you feel safe for the family? I know your answer to that. No, you'd probably walk around with a goddamn bat. See, AKA your arm. Um, here, here's where the dilemma I have with not only the death penalty, but the prison system as a whole begins because 
in preparation for this episode, I was talking to a few people and that question, that question that I just asked you, I brought up a lot and 98% of people gave the same answer that you gave get those people off the streets. Right. Yes. Now my, my stand on it, you actually touched on at the end of that, at the end of your statement, you touched on to me. And I mean, I understand that we, we, I would like to live in a perfect world as would everybody. I'm sure. That is never going to happen. Exactly. Unfortunately. Exactly. I would love to live in a perfect world where I thought that every single person who done something wrong could change. Obviously, it's not the case, right? No, and that's what I mean. Like, there's, but like, a guy pulled a B and E. Yes, that's shitty, and yes, he needs to serve time. If he's caught, if he's not caught, well, then hey, no harm, no foul. But there's definitely harm. Caught, there's definitely foul. But there's no repercussions if he's not caught. Is what I'm saying. But if he is caught, then. Yes, he's obviously going to serve a bit of time and all that, but for a mild, and yes, I'm I'm including this as a mild crime because it's a breaking and entering, not a big deal. You're stealing a bit of shit. No one got hurt. People feel unsafe, but no one really got hurt. How many B&Es? So hold on. How many B&Es have happened where nobody was supposed to get hurt? Somebody wakes up in the middle of the night and in a rash decision they have a knife, they have a gun, and they freak out, they panic, and kill somebody. Well, and that's where it turns to a serious crime. And at yeah, that point... It, it, they didn't go in there to commit a serious crime. By your nature, if they were to just walk away, it's fine. But if that person get up, gets up and then your fight or flight kicks in and that person thinks, if I don't do this, I'm going to jail. Or if they get startled and they shoot, you know. Well, hey, that's not my problem. I'm not the one who pulled the B&E. <laughs> I mean, I guess. But that's not really how I look at things. But anyway, the way what I was saying is, to me... But you... Listen, they already made that choice to go do that. They know the consequences. They know someone could wake up, and they know what could happen. If no one got hurt, great. If someone got hurt, shitty. And yes, they need to pay the price. Yes, but I don't want to answer that. I don't want to retort to that right now because the entirety of my point lies within the retort that I have for that. Okay, okay. What I was saying is, I personally believe that the prison system as it sits currently is almost entirely pointless. Oh, I agree. It's completely flawed because it's only setting the inmates up for failure. I'm not even saying flawed. I'm saying as it sits, 95% completely pointless to me. I don't think that taking somebody who's made a mistake Maybe many mistakes. Maybe they were, you know, into this or into that and got themselves into a bad situation, committed a crime, maybe a robbery, maybe, you know, could have been anything. But taking them off the streets, let's say they get a five year sentence. Yeah, they go, they go, they sit in prison doing absolutely nothing, because in most places you're not for you're not forced to take part in in um, therapy or programs jobs you know you go in you sit you sit there for five years you're thrown back onto the streets with nothing 
And and that's what I'm saying. It's completely flawed like that. Help the guys get the GED. Like, help them get a college degree. Something, a tool that they can use to come back and be productive to society. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Like, if they choose not to use it or whatnot, sure. But you're at least not setting them up for complete and utter failure and just to wind back up in there in two weeks. Yeah, and when they're in there and have to defend themselves because... Prison is not your mama's house, you know. It's, it's not a great place to be. I swear to God, if you're going to say the pen is mightier than the sword, not in prison. I have nothing to do with the pen is mightier than the sword. I'm, okay. I'm actually, my stance is quite the opposite. You, you don't expect to go to prison and sit pretty and like no one mess with you. So if you try to defend yourself in there, a lot of the times that gets you more time. Yep. Now you're stuck in a vicious cycle of being in and out of prison or in prison and can't get out because you're trying to defend yourself or whatever. But to me, taking somebody off the street just to throw them back on with nothing new, nothing learned, nothing. I mean, yes, some people will go to prison, sit there for two years, realize they never want to go there again. It's the worst thing they've ever had to deal with. They never want to go back. They'll come home and change. Some other people, they go in there, maybe when they were out, on the streets committing their crimes. Most people, I don't want to say there's not people that do it because there is, but most criminals don't commit crimes for fun. No, it's out of necessity or it's out of, um, you know, they, they, they don't see another way to either get their fix or get money that they need or, you know, nine times out of 10, it's all they know. Right. That's like, if you take a guy, like, let's say he went to jail uh, when he was 20, he gets a 15-year sentence. A guy knows no other life. He is coming out, and he's going straight back in. A lot of the dudes that do long bids will try to go back on purpose. Yeah. I mean, that's it's a sad it's a sad thing to think about, but it's true. So my next question was, we've, which we've just kind of covered, do you believe in rehabilitation? I do, but I believe we're going around it the wrong way. Like, it's... We're not rehabilitating them. They're more or less, we're just housing. Would would you, let's say you started a business, mm-hmm. would you hire somebody who had done, let's say, a three to five year prison sentence, came home and was trying to change his life? Yeah, why not? I, I, there's a lot of people that would say absolutely not no. I think that's entirely wrong. I mean, you want them to get better and be a productive member of society, but you're not going to give them a shot to do it? Well, I, I'd put myself in their situation. And yes, I know that's hard to do. I've never been to jail. But if I was struggling and needed help, I either got two options. I'm going to have, like, I'm either going to get help or you're going to resort to the old ways. So help a guy out. Why not? What, what have you got to lose? that your insurance can't cover realistically. I'm actually kind of surprised. I'm kind of surprised that you said you would just because of your stance on a lot of those things. Well, Hey, if they serve their time an eye for an eye, they've done their time. Now they've learned a lesson. And if they're trying to get help and try to seek work, why not? Do you believe that, uh, all criminals, uh, like are, are the same, you know, like, not the same, but not you, at all. no, no, not the same. But do you believe in re- rehabilitation for only certain types of criminals, or do you think 
any crime committed, no matter the severity, that person can change? Uh, no, not really. There's some crimes that you just can't look past, and that's where I believe the death penalty comes into play. You don't believe that no matter your crime, you can, you can change? It's possible? I believe you possibly you could change, but there's some I just believe that there's some crimes that there's no point and that justice needs to be served. I'm not saying they should be let out. I'm not saying that they deserve a lesser sentence because they've changed. You need to pay your, your time for the crime. I get it. But you don't think that it's possible to be in there and be changed? I believe that depending on the severity of the crime, like let's say once again, like a murderer, it's either going to go two ways. At the initial time, he, I believe, now this is just my beliefs, uh, they're going to feel nothing and not change, but hear that, or they're going to realize that they've done wrong and generally are really upset and sorry and know that they screwed up their life. But when it comes to that point, when I like, if you like a mass murderer or something like that, there's no point. Everyone has already been affected. You've made your choice, and now that's when I believe an eye for an eye. It doesn't matter. You can be a changed man, sure, but still doesn't excuse what you've done. So for me, um, and here's where the problem in lies with my answer to the statement, do you agree with the death penalty? Yes, Absolutely. No, no. Here, no, no. I'm saying herein lies my problem with 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 trying to answer that myself. Okay. All right. I, again, I said I want I I would love to live in a perfect world, but I don't, and I can't, and it doesn't happen that way. But I believe that no matter the crime, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to say that there's not people out there that are pure evil. And the only thing they want to do is hurt other people for the sake of doing it, right? Th those people, yes, the death penalty, necessary, right? But there's people to me that if you were to, let's say I slide you a headline for a case, right? Like it's a case file that says exactly what the case was on the front. Yeah. And it says, um, actually, I wrote down a whole Page, I was watching something the other day, and I, I it kind of, it kind of struck me that this would fit perfectly into this episode. So, I, I decided to write it down, and talk about it. Now, it was on, it was on Netflix. I'm not going to go into the whole details. Actually, you know, it's called I'm a Killer. It's on Netflix. Uh, I encourage you guys to check it out if you're interested in that kind of stuff. And they kind of show, they kind of show not only the case and what happened and. They show perspective from the, the criminal, like the person that committed the crime. They show like people that were affected. They show perspective from police, right? They show perspectives from all sides, which I, I enjoy watching. So what I want to do is I want to read you. A, I want to read you what he did just as a statement, not, not anything else, just as a statement. This is what he did. And this is where it, it, it gets in a gray area for me. Man stabs, man stabs adoptive grandparents to death in a very gruesome fashion, complete overkill. Okay. Now you would hear that and yep. immediately you would say, 
death penalty. Right. Guilty. Right. And he, he is no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. He did it. He admitted to doing it. He did it. Okay. Your first initial statement, death penalty. He deserves it. Right? Okay. But I feel like you're going to throw a curveball at So here's where the problem in lies for me. Because, unfortunately, the justice system that exists, mm-hmm. um, people with money, right, people with access to really good attorneys, they are much more likely to get off with something than somebody who has to deal with a public defender. Yes. Right? I think that that is absolute bullshit. Oh, yeah. 100%. Everybody should have have the same quality of legal aid. Yep. Uh, I'll agree with you there. There should be no money factor in me getting sentenced to possible life without parole, to possible 15 years, to possible death penalty. There should be no factor in that 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 says, oh, you have X amount of dollars in your bank account. Good luck. No, I, I, I completely agree. That's not justice at that point. And also, I cannot, in my heart, read that title and, and and definitively say, yes, deserves the death penalty, absolutely. Because- well, and that's where it comes, like, I, I know, like, yes, I agree, eye for an eye. But, now this goes, this is where it gets a little tricky for me, too. Yeah, but it didn't. Did first, no, 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 the, the first thing you said was death penalty. Oh, I'm not denying, he, yes, he, death penalty. It was an eye for an eye. But did they deserve it, and they, can he make amends with it? Yeah, but, but here's here's my problem. People, like I stated before, don't usually go out and do that kind of shit. Just, you know, oh, you know what I'm going to do today? Stab my grandparents. Hmm. So, let me, you've said death penalty for sure just by the statement. Let me read you some of the stuff that I've wrote down. And there's another question I want to ask you at the end that ties into this. So his okay. mother, his mother was, um, when he was very young, she was not ready to be a mother. She was an alcoholic, a drug addict, and she didn't want to take care of him anymore. Okay. She gave him, he was maybe four to six years old. She gave him to one of her friends, a man. That man, every single day, would sexually and physically abuse him every day. Okay. He, child services finally found out about it, took him away, brought him to the child services, and the guy that was doing it to him came in for a visit, and they left him alone with the man, and the man kidnapped him from family services and locked him in his trunk for like two weeks, not letting him shower, go to the bathroom, barely feeding him, barely giving him water. Uh, okay. he, he finally got out of that. They, the child services tracked the guy down. He was sent to, yeah. he was sent to a foster family from six to seven years old. He was with the foster family. It was the first time he was ever shown any kind of compassion or love that family. The mother ended up getting a job overseas and could not take, uh, this guy, the little boy with them. He, he just, he could not 
they could not financially take him. Yeah. So they put him back in the system. Now he's been rejected by his mother, sexually and uh, sexually and physically abused by this guy, and rejected, rejected from the only family that he thought was ever, ever cared for him ever. And he, the only thing he could think of is what he did wrong and why he couldn't stay with them. Okay. Then he was adopted by a single man who looked like you know he was a, a great guy. He was a teacher or a bus driver or something, and he loved kids, always around kids. So this guy, you know, he was okay, okay. And then the guy said, would you like me to adopt you? And, the, and he said yes. And he said it was the happiest day of his whole life to that point when he finally got adopted. Okay. Then the man started to get uh, physically abusive because he was holding him to a higher standard than maybe his age would require. And then he compensated that by uh, putting him in his lap and hugging him real tight. And he thought that was kind of, you know, strange, but. You know, it was okay, whatever. Then he started sticking his tongue in his ear, touching his penis. You know, again, he's being sexually and physically abused. He started using uh, a coping mechanism where he would black out. You know, like a lot of a lot of kids do it where they don't want to feel pain anymore. A lot of people do it. They don't want to feel pain. They don't want to feel hurt. They don't want to feel any emotion. So they'll black out. They'll go somewhere in their head. Okay. So he lived like that for from the time that he was adopted, which was, he would have been about maybe eight until he was 18 years old. The man actually adopted two more kids and one of them, he would sexually abuse as well. And then that kind of took a toll on the the guy because he thought, you know, he wanted to protect him, but he, he didn't feel like he could. So that's another thing weighing on him at 15, him and a friend found a picture in his adoptive father's nightstand and he wore the, the adoptive father wore a, a very specific class ring and he had very hairy arms and it was a picture of that that ring on on that arm and it was touching a prepubescent boy's naked body in in a polaroid picture they took it to the police and the police lady at the at the desk slid it back to him and said get out so they they didn't accept it so now he's rejected again. There was also, uh, because he worked at a school, there, he, he worked at a school for like underprivileged children and stuff. There was a girl who had a very bad home situation and she used to come and stay at this guy's house because he was always nice to her. And then he started sexually abusing her. And she kind of thought that, you know, it was okay because it was like he was saving her and she thought, you know, maybe this is just what I kind of have to put up with. So I don't go have to go home and be beaten. So the, the, the guy in question um, that committed this crime, he got with that girl, they started a relationship and they ended up, she ended up getting pregnant and the, the father was not happy. I think he was probably jealous, not happy, tried to get her to get an abortion. Anyway, they ended up moving out after an argument And then he was so messed up that he got into alcohol pretty heavy and stuff. And then she, she, she tried to make it work with him. But I mean, young mother trying to go to college, trying to care for her son. I mean, she couldn't deal with him being up all hours of the night partying and being drunk all the time. So she left him and took her son. Okay. So now he's had that happen. His grandparents, his grand adoptive grandmother was always very nice to him and, and very, you know, kind. 
and his grandfather was not a bad guy, but he was like a very stern guy and used to hit him like all back in the back of the head. Like, you know, nothing terrible, but like, you know, used to get a smack in the back of the head. Yeah. But it kind of, when you've dealt with that your whole life, I mean, that, that there can just like make you, you know, I mean, you don't want to go anywhere near that. Right. Yeah. So, So anyway, when he was 18, he, it, it all kind of came to a culmination after he had lost his girlfriend and his son. And I mean, when they were growing up, they were so scared to leave their rooms, the three kids that he had adopted, that they would, they would piss out the window instead of going out to the bathroom because they didn't want to be anywhere near this guy. So he ended up deciding that he was going to go to his grandparents' house and finally tell them what was going on and tell them what had happened to him and what their son was doing to him and his two adopted brothers this whole time and finally get it off his chest. And, you know, this was going to be his moment that his whole life he, he wanted to say. And when he went there and tried to tell them, they automatically said, absolutely not. No, our son wouldn't do that. Get out. That's absolutely disgusting. Like there's no way. And just started rejecting him again. And as we've stated before, he used to black out on purpose to go somewhere else. So he said that he doesn't remember anything. He remembers getting into an argument and the only person he thought who actually loved him was his adoptive grandmother. And now she's telling him to get out. He's liar. He's garbage. He's this, he's that. He said when he came to, he looked down and his grandfather was dead on the floor. And when he turned, his grandmother was dead. He blacked out. He has no recollection of killing either one of them okay he uh, immediately confessed to both murders he didn't try to hide it or try to run he immediately confessed to both murders and and he and in his court case none of his abuse of any kind was brought up in his court case and the father never ever received any sexual harassment charges ever. Did the other kids come forward though? I don't know what had happened to them. It never stated anything that happened to them. But when, when his attorneys were asked why they weren't bringing up any of the abuse, he, they, he had a public defender who just said, uh, it's not really going to help him at this point. Well, like I said, uh, it's shitty. That he, his life turned out like that. that. That's really, honestly, that's one that slips through the cracks, and that's really unfortunate. But I, I still stand with it. Like, even though, like, yeah, the guy, like the guy, guy's parents and them, like, so his adopted grandparents. I imagine, like, any parent, they would want to believe it about their son. So yeah, I, I can imagine they would be a little bit angry or whatnot or in denial. And, but the point is, they never done anything to him. And it's really unfortunate, but he still ended up taking the lives of two people that had not harmed him. They just got into an argument as adults. Okay, so, and then here's why I chose this case specifically. You know, I don't talk about it ever. So here's where I'll state it. Uh, first time publicly ever. I have had a lot of issues in my life. 
um, with mental health and with other things that kind of um, skewed, I would say, my my worldview for a long time. Yes. And you also know that when I got angry and things would bottle up, yeah, that, I, you used to black out. that I would black out. So do you think that you would be able to still say if it was me, because I could have been in this exact situation, I blacked out, I've blacked out and I've hurt people. I've, you've seen it happen. I hurt people and had absolutely no recollection of how it happened. So all it would have taken for me to be in this exact situation was to be in the wrong spot at the right, at the wrong time and have access to something that I could have killed somebody with. Really? You're going to throw that on me? See, you got me thinking. Hold on, hold on. So, while I completely agree that this man cannot go unpunished, he deserves to be in prison. He murdered, he took the life of two innocent people. It's awful. I don't believe that he deserves the death penalty because his entire life he was conditioned to violence, to sexual harassment, and the only way that he could cope with that was to to go somewhere else. So the fact that the only person that he thought he had left to try to help him to try to talk to has now also turned their back on him. His brain kicked in and, and he blacked out. I don't think that, and a jury of 12 people had to be unanimous in this decision and nobody, it's nobody gave him a chance. And, and the public defender that he had, I mean, I could have defended him better with the thing that I just read. There's no way in my heart and my mind that I would be able to throw a death penalty at that man. You know what? Like, I I completely agree with you. But in saying that, it wouldn't be like, I think life would be better suited. Life in prison than death penalty in that situation. I, I'm not saying that he was right or just in his actions. It's not what I'm saying. Don't anybody get it mixed up that I think that this guy should be released, you know, because he, because of all the shit that happened. I know a lot of people that this shit happens to that don't go out and kill people. But I'm saying that I can't... That death penalty is supposedly reserved for the worst of the worst, the unredeemable, and I just... I can't throw this guy in that category. Okay. Well, and, and that's why that I, in a perfect world, I would love for every case to be examined to its fullest, like down to the last morsel. But I mean, it just doesn't happen that way. But you could even make the case for like people like John Way Gacy and them. Like, no, back to- no, no, you can't make that case that no, 
That's not how that works. Yes, he might have had some bad stuff happen to him, but at the point where he didn't kill somebody and then completely this guy killed his grandparents and knew that you just he killed two people. You know that when you kill two people, what happens if you tell? This guy didn't hide this guy didn't hide it. This guy didn't you say, Oh, that felt pretty good, you know, all this shit that just built up in me, I've just released and it feels great. Let me go out and do it again. People like John Wayne Gacy had sick thoughts and probably, yes, a lot of them had a bad childhood. But when they committed crimes, they felt some release and some, you know, something within them was satisfied and they continued to do it, knowing full well that it was wrong. That has nothing to do with a case like this. So my question that I want to throw in after that was, where do you stand on the nature versus nurture debate? Um, well, do you believe that there's people out there? I'll, I'll, I'll reword it. Do you believe there's people out there predispositioned, like from birth, that they're, they're going to be a murderer because of their bloodline or because of whatever? Or do you believe that the people that you grow up around and the things that you deal with and the things that you see have a giant part to play in the, the way that you turn out? I honestly, I believe in a little bit of both. I case in point, uh, there was, where was she from? There was a little girl. She made the news not too long ago. I think it was somewhere in the States. Her mother and father had a day home. And uh, they were loving parents, like nothing ever showed opposite, but they always knew that their daughter was a little off. And uh, one day, they left their daughter alone for a minute, and one of the other kids at the day home was like a five-month-old like boy, and she stomped his head in, and she said it was to make him stop crying. So I believe there... How old was she? There are... She was around six. Six or seven. I know the difference. Okay, but you think it's six. Somebody who hasn't been exposed to other things, you know, maybe, or, you know, they should know the difference, uh, you know, just out of nowhere? I, well, like, who hasn't had the talk with between bad and good with their kids? Like, realistically. A lot of people. From growing up. No, that's completely horseshit. That's not completely horseshit. There's, did you not just hear the whole story of three different families abusing this kid? Yes, I know, but he obviously knew it was wrong, did he not? Or else, why would he want to come forward and tell him what they were doing? He came forward he when knew. he was. He came forward when he was eighteen years old. Yes, and I'm when not he, saying he didn't. No, there's kids out there that have been sexually abused from the time they were two or three. And they're in sex trafficking rings, and they're so conditioned to their environment that they think that that's playing. No, I like I said, I understand and I get it. But in a normal situation, which realistically, he could have been in a normal situation. He was for a little bit. He was with a loving foster family. Who rejected unfortunately, him. Unfortunately, he did get rejected, yes. But he knew the difference between love and sadness at that point. And when they did try to come forward a couple times, because they did take the picture to the police and all that, yes, that's one of the people that slipped through the cracks. And that is very unfortunate because they could have changed his life. 
but he knew the difference between good and bad. And that's what I'm saying. From a young age, normal people, and yes, like everyone generally, like generally, knows the difference between bad and good. Okay, here's a, here's a, here's a, here's a scenario I'll throw at you to combat that scenario that you brought me with the little girl. When I was younger, there was two young girls that I babysat. One was uh, maybe two, three, two, two years older than the other one. Okay. The youngest one may have been two or three, so that would mean that she was about five. Okay. The mother. And completely normal household, very loving parents, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. Yep. She had, the mother had to go upstairs and grab a laundry basket. Now, it was from the time frame of having to leave the basement, walk up the stairs and come back down. All in all, maybe a minute. Okay. She said, watch your sister, make sure she doesn't fall off the couch or go anywhere that, you know, she get into trouble. Little girl took a blind cord and wrapped it around her neck because she's seen, you know, what do you do if you don't want a dog to go anywhere? Tie it on. Tie it on. So she tied around her neck. When her mother came down, the little girl was blue. Could have very easily killed her. Could have been dead. Yes, but in saying that, that, that could be considered an accident. Is stomping a kid's head in and knowing? Well, she knew that she knew that if you tie something around something, something's neck and they start turning blue, you know, you can't be doing that. But she had no mal intentions when she did it. She was five. I understand. That. I understand. That. But that's where like, but and here's what I'm saying. Was her mother pissed? Yes. There you go. Did she tell her that was wrong? Yes, but it was already done at that point, just like the baby's head was already stomped in. I understand. Yes, you're trying to compare, but that's like trying to compare apples to oranges. That's not trying to compare apples to oranges. That's trying to compare two very similar aged children to each other in a same situation. She wanted that baby to stop crying. She wanted this baby to not go anywhere. But there's, in my mind, there's a big difference between don't go anywhere. Tie the kid on. Okay. Not going anywhere. Whereas it is, why did you do this? I want him to stop crying. Yeah. Like, it, in my, that's two different thought processes. It's like, not two different. It, well, it's it, sure. You could, you could argue that it's two different thought processes because, you know, not wanting her sister to go anywhere was trying to protect her and not wanting the baby to crying was, was a thing that, you know, uh, that was a her thing. But if, if that little girl had a doll, right? And the, the, the doll was one of them electronic dolls that cried. And she threw it on the floor because it was crying and started stomping it out. The parents would probably videotape it and laugh at it. Throw it on America's Funniest Home Videos, right? Because you've seen them. So at six years old, you believe that, that she should have the absolute knowledge that, that that's not okay? I believe she should have some knowledge. I'm not saying she should... 100% no. She's six, saying, she's six. How many six-year-olds have you seen take a flying leap off the end of the couch? Quite a few. They know, they know that falling down hurts, right? So here's my question for you. 
would you be able to justify what the little girl did? Justify it? I'm not trying to just, I'm not trying to justify it. I'm trying to make you think, and I'm not trying to change your opinion. I told you that at the beginning. Nowhere in this episode am I trying to change your opinion. I'm trying to get you to think, just like you're trying to get me to think. I can't justify her stuff. I'm not going to say, great job. That's justifying it. Like, oh, she did it because she wanted her to stop crying. That's totally okay. No, that's not totally okay. But here's the difference between the story I told and the story you told. The only difference is the mother came back in time. It could have been the same exact story. It, it could have been the exact same story. Yes, I understand. But... But I am not going to judge that little girl for the rest of her life because of what she did when she was six. If you judged me for the rest of my life from the things that I did between the ages of 10 and 18, I should be in prison. You're, you're making great points. I, but like, and this, this is where I always say it's an eye for an eye. Yes, but that little girl, yes, where she, she dicked up. I'm not like a hundred percent screwed up. Not only her, the parents. The parents shouldn't have left her alone. But in saying that, now, one, they ended up sending the little girl to jail. So she, she did go to jail. I don't think that's right. Or, or juvenile correctional. But how could you not think that's right, though? And I, I understand your opinion, but you got to look at it like this. If you you drop your sister off to to a daycare, you're you're just getting like you know coming home, and you go to pick her up, and she's not there. Would you be pissed? Absolutely. You're absolutely you're gonna be pissed. Like I'm not saying like anything bad happened or anything like that. Like let's just say they they completely ignored her and she walked in the house and she's gone doing her own thing. Are you gonna take her back there to that daycare? No. Nope. Are you going to have some violent words with that daycare? I don't. I don't understand how this relates to the six-year-old, though. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm getting to a point. I know you. You are going to come unglued on those people. Okay, Probably but that's that's just here. Yeah, but listen, that hear me. I'm hearing you out, but you said the the, the comparison was I, I was making was crazy. This is not a child that is that I've left my sister in the care of who if I brought my sister to a six year old to watch or a 10 year old or whatever, and then I left her there. Anything that happens after that is my own fault. If I bring her to four to four qualified adults who's supposed to be in a building who just neglect her, that's negligence. That's they know what they're supposed to be doing. They know their job. They they walked out. And yes, I would come unglued. I would absolutely lose my mind. But that's okay. So imagine just imagine, well, it, like, it's not like the daycare is, like, back home. This is, like, a day home. So imagine you drop someone off, like, to their house, be like, okay, I'll see you this evening. That little boy's parents, he was, like, you know, probably hardworking people, like, you know, having to go to work and all that, whatnot. They get a call during midday saying, and they got a, you know, and they're told, oh, sorry, uh, terribly sorry like something happened blah, blah blah and come to find out that they left their daughter alone with their son and she stomped his head completely in you don't think there should be 
justice or something like that? Like, how, how could you not? That family... Towards a little girl? No. But that's where it goes. If, and that's what I'm saying. It's that's that's my honest, honest. Yeah, but that's my honest answer. I love my sister more than I love anything else in the whole world, more than I love myself. I send her to school every day. I put her on the bus knowing full well that anything can happen to her down there. The other day, as an example, she came home and told me that a little boy was running with scissors, tripped, and stabbed another little boy in the nose with scissors. Could have taken his eye out. Could have killed him. Very well right? could have. But I am not gonna go down there and demand justice on a six year old boy. No, but that's a lot different. It's not a lot different. Could have killed him. Could have taken his eyes, could have completely blinded him. If I dropped my sister off in the same situation, even I'll give it to you in the same situation. I dropped my sister off at a day home and she got I'm assuming the little boy died. Yes, he did. I I almost can't bring myself to say the words. I'm not going to say the words because I don't want to. But I'll say that in the same situation, if the same exact thing happened to my sister, the person that I want to bring justice to is not the little girl. I'll admit, yes, the parents need repercussions too. I'm not going to lie. They definitely deserve something to be done. But That that little girl, now, does she possibly need therapy? absolutely yes she needs to go to see somebody she needs to talk about things she needs to be yes do i think that she deserves to go and sit in a juvenile detention center where she does nothing all day and they she's treated like a criminal no and see that's where me and you differ i completely agree i i I can't can't don't have it in me i i don't know i i think that would be I don't know. If it was me, I, I, if it I was me see- in the situation with my daughter, I, I a hundred percent. Even if I was on the opposite end of it, but that's if not that happened. Yeah, but at that point, at that point, if it happens to your daughter, and I can say what I want to say, you know, I can, I can sit here and and say, oh, absolutely, that's the way I'd I'd feel. But when something happens to that, that's not your rational brain that's working right there. That is your emotional brain. And to me, that's a large difference. Yes, I want to see the goddamn world burn right now because my sister's dead. My da- my daughter's dead. My son's dead. I want to see the world burn. I, I don't care who's in its path. I want to see it burn. I'm hurting. You got to hurt too. To me, not healthy. And I'm not saying I've never felt that way, ever. I, I cannot sit here and tell you that I haven't felt that way because I'm human and I have. But, but to me, it's not just. But can you judge those parents for wanting that? Can I judge them? No, no. I, I'm in no position to tell them how to feel. I've never had a child. I've never had a child die. I've never done anything of the sort, and I can't imagine. So, no, I'm not in any position to judge anybody. But it, you've asked me how I feel personally, and that's how I feel personally. And I believe that not only the little girl should be punished, but people as well like but parents. but but my goal i think has been achieved you've definitely thought about it more than you ever would have i've, I've definitely thought about it more than i would have so here's two scenarios that's actually a pretty good segue that i want to throw at you scenario one someone tries to pick up my sister 
lure her, you know, and uh, get him into their car. She runs, you know, she gets away entirely safe, makes it home. Okay. I find out about it. Obviously, she'd come home and tell me, and I find out who did it. Right? Yep. Out of, in my sane mind, I mean, I don't want to say sane mind because, yes, I would be dealing with a lot of rage and anger at that point, but I'm still a thinking human being at that point. Yeah. I go out. I find him, I beat the living shit out of him, I end up killing him. Honestly, I... Hold on, hold on, I'm not done. That's scenario one. Okay. Okay? Scenario two. Kid gets kicked out of the house at 16. Yep. Grows up on the streets, gets uh, introduced into drugs, alcohol, gets in with the wrong people as a way to... You know, cope with his anger, pain. He's on the streets. You know, he's drugging. He's, you know, he, he, he has nobody to care for him. So he starts numbing his body with drugs and alcohol. And he tries to find a, uh, a quote unquote family and gets in with some shitty people. Okay. He ends up owing too much money to a drug dealer for uh, drugs. And he's forced to commit a robbery. He has okay. no other way. Either, either he's going to try to get money and rob somebody the only way he knows how, or he dies. In that robbery, he has no intention of hurting anybody, but uh, there's a struggle, and the gun that he has brought to you know, intimidate goes off, shoots that person, and kills them. Okay. In both of those scenarios, if it, do you think anyone is in the right? Yeah. I think in scenario one, the person would be in the right. Why? Because I believe in an eye for an eye. And uh, yes, but at at that you, point, you, if you if you believe in an eye and an eye, which is totally fine, that's your opinion. Don't you, and I hate to say this honestly, it hurts. It it makes me cringe when I'm about to say it. After an eye for an eye, everybody ends up blind. It's true. But I, if I put myself in the same situation, I that happened to my family. In scenario, yeah, but in scenario one, the person chose to kill. Nothing, nothing bad had happened to the family member. Nothing, you know, they could have got on with their lives. Everybody could have moved on. Nothing, nothing had to come of it. But that person, I used myself, but that person chose to go out of his way to, to murder somebody. No, I, I'm 100% with you there. The second uh, person the second person was forced into a life of pain, forced into a life of poverty, and the only way that they could get out of the situation they were in was a robbery, and they didn't mean to kill anybody, but it happened. Um, I, there's, the, there's, no, there's no possible corner in my mind that thinks that number one is better than number two. You see, and this is the hard part that I have when you use yourself as an example. I know what you're like. I know you're a good person. I know everything you do is done with good intent. So for, like, if it was someone else, like, for instance, if it was me, and I went out and killed the would-be rapist, would I deserve death penalty? Yeah, sure, send it at me. That my point was made. I did what I did. 
am I happy about it? Yeah, I probably would be pretty happy about it. But you would still feel just in your actions. I would still feel just in my actions. And you don't think that the scenario two was just in their actions? But, which is what I'm saying, you could still, I, if they threw the death penalty at me, I would look at them and be like, you know what, good move. And scenario two, yeah, it sucks. It, it's one of those things where the system has failed someone multiple, multiple times. Which is what I keep going back to saying, our system is flawed, the justice system is flawed. Do I believe in the death penalty? Yes. But in saying that, like I said before, it's only strictly for ruthless, hardened criminals. Would I consider that guy a ruthless, hardened criminal? Not really. If you look at it, yeah, it, it was an accident, whatnot. But do I think one was still more in the right than the other? Yeah, 100%. I. It's like, okay, he tried to rob a store or the guy killed a pedophile. Yeah. I think the guy who killed the pedophile was more on the right. But in saying that, yeah, like, you say that he had no other options to do that. There, there's always places you can go to for hell. Hell, you could skip town, go to somewhere else. That yeah, but that doesn't work, especially when you're you you, you got to I'm not saying look at it from an outside perspective. I'm saying you got to get in these people's shoes. Another thing that I wanted to ask you getting away from that because i mean we've pretty much we've pretty much you know ringed that dry do you think that wrongful convictions where innocent people are convicted of crimes that they didn't commit are uh, are grounds enough for a major overhaul of the justice system and the way that it's carried uh, out a hundred percent yeah there's a lot of people that have been wrongly convicted and which goes to my point uh so like if you are convicted of that crime, do you get a free pass on that crime? Like, let's say if you were wrongly convicted of it, do you get a free pass? No. To do something? No. Maybe that's completely horseshit too. Because then you just the only the only th- the only way that that works the only way that that works is you cannot be tried for the same crime twice. And I don't mean like if I murdered somebody, I can't be tried for murder again. If I murdered Margaret Thatcher. I cannot be again tried for the murder of Margaret Thatcher. I see. But uh, yeah, I this just to me the justice system is so incredibly flawed. It's like a revolving door at this point, and people are in and out without help. Uh, people are in there that shouldn't be. People are out here that should be in. <sighs> I mean, uh, I got some. I got some facts here that I wrote down. Uh, this database of convicted people said to be uh, innocent includes 150 allegedly wrongfully executed people. So 150 people have been executed that were later found to be innocent. That's crazy. In the U.S. alone, 167 prisoners that were on death row have been exonerated from 1973 to 2019. So 167 prisoners have got off, got out of death row, and they didn't do anything and they ended up on death row. See, that's crazy. That's where they should be compensated. And there was a guy, his name was Frank Lee Smith, and he was sentenced to death in 1985 for murder and rape. Two very serious crimes that if committed, and you know, that 
warrants the death penalty, you would think. I mean, hard yeah. to hard hard to look at extenuating circumstances there. He spent 14 years on death row until he died of cancer 11 months before he was exonerated. He died of cancer on death row, and 11 months later, they found out that he did not commit the crime. That's crazy. To me, shit like that should be grounds for people to maybe take a look into the death penalty, and and, and not even just the death penalty at that point, but take a look into your justice system and, and the the way that people pay for thousands and th- hundreds of thousands of dollars for attorneys that can get them off with anything they want to somebody who has no money and, ha- and has to have a, a public defender assigned to their case who are there to receive a paycheck and then go home. That's it. Yeah. No, so I, I hear what you're saying. My answer to the question, do you agree with the death penalty lives in an area that would be, Yes, I believe the death penalty is a necessary thing to have. Some people don't belong in this world, don't deserve to belong in this world. Some people are pure evil, but I think that it should take more than 12 of my my peers, 12 uh, humans to decide from a two-day trial that I deserve to die. I mean, that's fair. Like, I, honestly, I I still completely believe in the death penalty. And like, like you said, it's a necessary thing. And I believe, like I said before, it's still strictly for hardened criminals. Like, people that you cannot change. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. You definitely gave me a lot to think about. Well, that was my intention. So, and, and anybody who has any opinions that they haven't, that I didn't voice, or that that uh, Captain didn't voice, and you want to you want to talk to us about it, feel free to write in for sure. Yeah, I mean, to me, there should be prisons should be more of a rehabilitation center. You know, there should be mandatory therapy, mandatory, you know, work, mandatory everything. I mean, you should not be able to go to prison, sit on your ass, and, and hang out. That's not. I don't think that's helping anybody. I think yeah. that you you should go in there with the the intention of coming out the other side a a better, a better person. No, I and that's agree with that. and and that's um, it's a uh, the word I'm looking for here. It's a shame. No, no, the word I'm looking for is. Um, it's, it's like a pipe dream, you know? I know that the funds aren't there to drop into stuff like that. And I, and I, I understand that every case can't be looked at the way that I want it to. But I just think with something that severe, there should be an equal, an equally severe vetting process, you know? Yeah. Well, at least so that way everyone has a fair chance. I get what you're yeah. saying. So I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys enjoyed my rant. It's, it's kind of what it was, honestly. And I hope that you guys, you know, heard something you liked, heard something that made you think. Uh, and uh, I, I want to thank everybody who's still listening because this is a, this is a long one. Yeah, no, you uh, you definitely gave me a lot to think about. So uh, yeah, and 
not going to say you completely changed my mind, but I definitely got a different outlook on it, I guess. Well, I, like I said, I didn't go into it trying to change your mind. I just, I just wanted to kind of voice my opinions and my thoughts and throw some stuff at you that made you think. Yeah, fair enough. But, uh, you know, so, uh, I guess that's it for today's episode. Uh, Check us out on our Instagram, Intertwined Minds, or hit us up on our email, intertwinedminds94 at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments or you just want to say hi to us. And uh, to get one of the questions out of the way, no, I don't put my pants on one leg at a time like everyone else. I actually get up in the morning and paint them on, but I had to glue a zipper to my dick so it looks authentic. As always, I'm Captain. And I'm Skip. Check back next time to hear about the time that I completely shit my pants at the public library. Mm-hmm.